2: Charlotte has put her foot down. She is not going to talk about dinosaurs today. <laughs> never on this podcast. Never
0: lose your dinosaur. No. Uh, what was that steel? Um, it's from step Brothers. And
1: my ruler, will oh, wrap your knuckles.
0: <laughs> oh, oh my god, oh, Charlotte's a- Charlotte's a Catholic Catholic school nun.
2: I was about to say, is that a Catholic thing?
1: I don't know. I just for some reason found myself holding a ruler.
0: So. Yeah, wait, why do you have a ruler right in front of you? <laughs>
1: I think because you know? I was bored the other day and I was like trying to draw straight lines. If,
0: I got a pin ruler right here.
1: If we're telling the truth.
0: I, wi- I wish. I don't know if I still own a ruler.
1: Well, I didn't. And then.
0: It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, isn't it gorgeous? I know. It's nice. Is, um, that, is that measure just measure your face.
0: Is that just a six-incher?
1: Well, it says fifteen on it, so now I'm thinking it's actually centimeters, and I don't know what I've been uh, measuring this entire time.
0: Mm.
3: There's I no d- way
1: this is. This would be a great way to start the podcast.
0: Yeah, well, I'm trying to fit. Like, I, I'm trying to figure out how tall my head is because your head is Ooh. definitely not as big as my head, and it's probably not a foot long, right?
1: No let let me let me do fifteen centimeters to inches. Yeah, it's six. So this is a centimeter ruler. Why do we have this?
0: Because you're proud. Is Tyler like using of the metric,
1: the metric system. system behind my back.
0: Is that the new <laughs> age version of finding out that your spouse was secretly a communist? Is like, yeah. Have you been
2: switching to the metric system without telling me?
1: Have you been using centimeters?
2: Can I say this? This morning I put some shorts on that. You know, it was just in the morning, so I don't really know what they were. They turned out to be Nike swim trunks because they had the little uh, liner inside of them. Don't do not belong to me, but they're size size two XL, which I didn't think I could fit. And then I was just wearing them, and I told Michelle, "I was like, hey, uh, some other man's shorts were in my <laughs> drawers <laughs> today." What? And I just thought it was amazing the fact that, like, I have I'm, I have no other paws. Like, I, I'm not thinking any deeper into it at all. I'm just like, hey, somebody else's shorts are here. Can the, I, uh, can I well, ask
0: if it was the like mesh liner, like the really
2: uncomfortable yes. bathing suit liner? Black black mesh liner. I put that over on, oh. on over some drawers. Wait, like you put Batman. it on over underwear?
1: You have to in that situation.
2: Thank you, thank you, Charlotte. Yeah, I you mean, have
1: to. Yeah, comfort first.
2: You just you just got to put the, the put the shorts on.
0: Oh man, yeah. I don't know if I can vibe with
2: that. I'm secretly hoping that they it's are. Not, I mean, are Michelle's you going to go dads. swimming?
1: Oh, <laughs> they probably are. <laughs> Those are that, that you're probably be. wearing your father-in-law's shorts. Oh,
0: <laughs> that's what this is. If I had a dollar. I was going to say, because we're far enough away, removed from college now, where with very few rare exceptions, you don't have your old college friends clothes. I will say our friend Dane Christ, who is a religious listener to the podcast, has a shirt that he took from my brother almost 11 years ago now that he still wears pretty regularly. So it is That's possible, awesome. but it's not probable.
1: I have I have clothes that I stole from people in high school.
2: Oh wow! Like, well, maybe so like not it.
1: anymore. Maybe not anymore. Maybe I'm.
2: If it kept, if it made the move, the move, and the move, probably not.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think yeah. so. I used to have a pair of sweatpants that I stole from my dear friend Casey Brock Wilson. Shout out Casey! She's one of the Shout loveliest Casey. people on this earth. And they said uh, she was a rower, so they just said crew across the butt.
0: Oh, oh man, simpler times. I feel script. like we're not the writing on things. the butts. On sweat pant butts anymore?
2: Did that fall We're out not. of
0: favor post like Juicy Couture?
1: It's a travesty, is what it is.
2: Yeah, it's it, it was it was a time for do you guys sure. Have,
1: do we have do you have podcast merch yet?
2: Not no. yet. Because no, you should put
1: Gojo just across the butt.
2: Oh, Gojo
1: sweatpants <laughs> booty cheeks. <laughs> go, go on Joe. one cheek and Joe on the other.
2: Oh my god.
0: Oh, my God. That just makes me think of Happy Gilmore talk, uh, where Shooter was talking about him signing someone's ass cheeks. And there it was, H-A on one cheek, P-P-Y right on the other, like G-O-J-O <laughs> on these cheeks. Wow. Are we going to help people be double-cheeked up for the summer?
1: I think Dude, we might. I like that. I like I that idea. That's I like
2: fantastic. to get into font, a font conversation and with then, you guys a lot later. And down
1: then down the leg, it says Wilder Wednesdays.
0: <laughs> oh, Yes. I don't know, Wilder Wednesday might need their own edition of these pants, like (laughs) an institution now.
1: I would love it. I would be truly honored.
0: I I, I will say the only time I ever had pants with script on the ass was in college when we were in the locker room. We had a big cold plunge, like a cold tub that was in the middle of the locker room. And they would give you, they had in bins, these shorts that you could wear just for that because you're going in to get cold and wet. You're not going to do anything else with them. So they were kind of shitty nylon shorts. And so many guys were stealing the shorts to <laughs> use as underwear for the rest of the day. Like uh, that was back when we used to just wear shorts under shorts or shorts under sweatpants as a form of yeah. underwear because we were lazy and dirty. It's a dark
1: time. It's a it dark was dark time.
0: And so they put cold plunge on the ass of the shorts as if that would deter us. So now guys would be walking around campus with bright orange shorts that said cold plunge on the ass leaking That's out funny. of their pants.
1: Excuse my, they were
2: amazing. They were blue and it wasn't just as underwear, Mike. It was, uh, I believe, back in the day in high school days. I don't know if boys do this anymore, but always wore some gym shorts under your jeans in case the basketball game uh broke out or, or whatever the breakaway jeans or, <laughs> yes or it's, maybe it's just time to wear shorts and you like oh i got you. i got shorts on under there so I, i'm sure some people use them as underwear but they were definitely just the short buffer between your jeans
1: i think i think as a as a girl the but the, the maybe the quote maybe it's just time to wear shorts thing is so real i think i would bring a pair of shorts to school with me like just in case like even in the winter like there it is Ooh. Like I had a pair of Umbros ready to go at, at any given moment. Some just
2: in case shorts.
1: You can never be. Anyway, too have careful. we started? Is this the podcast? Are we doing the podcast? What's up, everybody?
0: Uh, Welcome to Gojo uh, with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, Super Producer Brandon Newman, Charlotte Wilder. Uh, back for a Wilder Wednesday. Charlotte, we missed you
2: during Super Bowl week. How are you, friend? Yeah.
1: How much did you miss me?
2: Oh, I- I mean, this much. Yeah. About, the, about the height of Jess Santana.
1: Okay. Okay. I can say
0: which for Jess and her family and her relative height to the rest of her family, especially the women in her family, that's a lot.
1: Okay, thank you so much. I will take that as a huge compliment. I missed you guys so much. Tuesday rolled around and I was like, well, what the heck am I supposed to do? Get these takes off to myself?
0: Do you ever do that where you find yourself giving a private radio show either to your fiancé or any of your friends? Like my dad, when he finished up with the radio show and hadn't yet signed with DraftKings, would routinely go to the linebacker, a bar around Notre Dame's campus with my mom (laughs) for lunch, and just end up giving impromptu radio shows to bar patrons there in the middle of the day.
1: First of all, I wish I had heard one of those. That sounds incredible. Secondly, yeah, I also realized that I am the most obnoxious person to watch the Super Bowl with because not to brag, but for the past, you know, since 2016, I've been there except for 2021 when it was a pandemic year, but I was still watching by myself because I was writing off of it immediately after. And my only assignment this year was to write write about the halftime show, which I would love to share my thoughts about if anyone's interested um and so i went to we went to um my fiance's brothers and his fiance we're all engaged it's i i need to we need to all get married so i can stop saying fiance
0: but it's it, um, i think plural is fiance it's like octopus
1: Yeah, oh. exactly yeah yeah yeah. and fiance um cubed yes yeah well there
2: you go. No. squared no. squared thank you sorry is that cubed no I Q tried to do the third. three thing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Let's um, nerd later. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Um right. So, they had a lovely uh a lovely Super Bowl party and I was sitting there and I was trying to I was trying to like walk the line between like what's a cool thing I can say about someone who's been to this or who has like inside knowledge without being every other second like well when I was in the Chiefs locker room after they won you know like it's 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 cool stuff and it it also did put into perspective for me I was like wow I've like how lucky am I that I've gotten to do these things but I was like I, I feel like I've never been more like self-conscious than I was trying to have conversations with of like what can I add to this without like being an asshole about it
0: it's tough when you're in mixed company like a non-media crowd because around a media crowd you've all got shared experience like that but you're right you've got to be a little bit more diligent about it in public like that oh man that's it's tough because it's restraint and Super Bowl like I don't know if you guys were drinking and having stuff but it gets a little harder once you got one or two in you and you just want to let the takes fly
1: yeah exactly i was like (laughs) i find myself like explaining i'm like well torridol is a a shot that that and i'm like i mean (laughs) guys it got and i was like well actually like the calls the refs this year it's been like a whole thing and and they would pan to goodell and kelsey and damar hamlin i'm like yeah they definitely put them there for the shot like they might not they probably weren't sitting there the whole game like that together and i'm just like oh my god charlotte i like okay can't charlotte turn it off
2: which which take was the one that that started a good five to ten minute conversation though? Like which one of these things that you spewed off that everybody's like, ooh.
1: The the pain management conversation really. After the bathroom like, uh tackle. yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. they were like, oh my god, how's he gonna play? I was like, oh well, you know they'll. T- <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was like, well, you know they'll take him into the locker room second so half, like at halftime. It's a long halftime because it's a show, It's just nice, so that tape them up, definitely probably going to just shoot them up with Toradol, which isn't great for your liver. But like, in this case, I get it. It's a Super Bowl, you really want to get at, and I'm just like, <laughs> hearing myself <laughs> talk as I'm like, also eating wings at the same time. And I'm just and but it's it is it is sort of interesting, because, you know, um, you don't realize how I forget what it was like not to know these things. And then I and then I hang out with people who don't and it's Sort of cool to be like, oh, this is how people who haven't had their brains poisoned by the sports internet and Twitter like consume sports. How nice! <laughs> I hope I'm not completely ruining that for them.
0: And it's like, yeah, oh, that's right. You guys all have other lives, and so you don't spend your entire day poring over these random bits of information it- about what make this ecosystem go.
1: Even when I found myself like, <laughs> like at, uh, after the game, like Eric Bieniemy gives Andy Reid a huge hug, and I'm like, oh, Eric. I just, and I'm like,
2: <laughs> and I, like, he's been a head coach candidate for it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I can't oh. believe no one picked him up this year. Like, I mean, does he even want it? What if he doesn't want it? Like, does he like staying there in this world? Ro- and I'm just like, I need to stop talking. I need to stop. Although, one, I did get to tell one story where I was like, I can't tell the line on this one. I don't know if I'm being obnoxious or if this is cool, but the last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and I was in the locker room. Travis Kelsey, who I'd, like, done, I you know, he used to be on Radio Row all the time because the Chiefs sucked. And so I, like, I rode a roller coaster at the Mall of America. Travis Kelsey, like, interviewed him a bunch of years in a row. And so I'm in the locker room, and he's standing there, and um, he had just gotten out of the shower, and he has a towel around his waist. And he was so amped up that they had won. He was just like, Charlotte! And he sees me and gives me this huge hug in his towel and it wasn't, it wasn't like nothing about it was inappropriate. I was, it was just like, he was so purely excited and I was there and it was like, Oh, I recognize you. And it was, and so telling that story was that was a cool story to tell at the Super Bowl.
0: Someone addressing you in their towel with that level of comfort is like teammate level love. Yeah. Like, I you're was a like, teammate, I think I'm
1: te- on the chiefs.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. They should send you the ring.
1: Thank you.
2: I mean, it also reminds me that at that time, he was probably a spokesperson for Old Spice. So that's kind of par for the course for for the brand.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. He took... Yes. 1,000%. 1,000%. It was probably all like a you know marketing thing to get me to tell the story and be like, and he smelled like Old Spice men, you know.
0: I love the idea that brands are now playing the long game, just trying to incept content opportunities years down the road through organic grassroots marketing campaigns. We are truly living inside the matrix. This is uh, no. This is no hell. one's going
1: to be like, oh, you know what? I think in five years, Charlotte Wilder is going to be like... Talking about – yeah, no, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so that wait. was a, that was an experience.
0: Charlotte, you said you wrote about the Super Bowl halftime show. I just saw this tweet, and so I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, Joe Pompliano, who uh, writes about sports and business, uh, tweeted that the re- impact of Rihanna's Super Bowl performance is as follows. She is the number one most streamed artist globally – she had 118.7 million viewers, which was five, more, uh, 5 million more viewers than the actual Super Bowl itself. Uh, 17 songs currently in the top 40 on Spotify, gained 3 million Instagram followers, and searches for Fenty Beauty are up 833%. The Super Bowl effect is real. Uh, so Charlotte, is any of that a surprise to you after sitting and writing about this Super Bowl halftime show?
1: No, but I'm laughing so hard because since Sunday, I have listened only to Rihanna on Spotify. I followed her on Instagram because I realized I wasn't following her on Instagram, and I googled Fenty Beauty and I and I bought the lip balm.
0: Oh my God, Stop. it's you! Where's it's me.
1: No, No, I'm dead. Not even kidding.
0: (laughs) I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister Liqueur, thirty five percent alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S. White Plains, New York. So when people <laughs> report amazing. a tweet and they say, "I see myself in this and I don't like it," that is you, right guys. I
1: could, I could pull up my I could pull up my Chrome right now. Um, hold on, I'm going to see if it would be hilarious. no more commercials,
2: please, Charlotte. Um, <laughs> what? Chrome. Ha- you said your Google I've Chrome.
1: Said, <laughs> like, why did I say that? I haven't done this in. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah, it's all. I I am I am that tweet.
0: You are that tweet. How, did you like the halftime show? I know there are a lot of people with a ton of opinions about it here. What did you uh, What did you have to say as you wrote about this?
1: Yes, I wrote about this for Fox Sports. I I was I was choked up the entire time I was trying not to cry the entire time I think it was also so interesting because watching it you know and obviously it comes out later that she's pregnant but you know everyone you're watching it with they're like is she is she and I'm like we don't know and it doesn't matter here's his performance like if she is great if she isn't still looks amazing and it's a and it's a statement and I love it and like she just had a bit like so I you know I saw one TikTok that said like I want Rihanna to know that all the girlies were writing hard for her um, because we were all like, until she says it, I'm not saying it. Um, And I just found it, I think, I think Rihanna might be the coolest person alive. And when I say Mm. cool, I mean effortlessly confident and generous with her abilities and just... She exudes this level of, um, I don't care what you think, but I am still going to honor you by giving you something that you want. Do you know what I mean? Like, that yes. show, there was a level of, um, first of all, she was pregnant, so she had to protect her body. You can't dance, you know, you can't exert yourself in the same ways. You still, She was still dancing and still putting on a show but i thought it was so brilliant that she used the performers around her to create the movement and she's so charismatic and she's such a striking strong visual herself that she just let that speak for herself and she did whatever she wanted and i've seen some people say like they thought it was lackluster they didn't think she did enough and and i just loved it because her songs are it's like Listening to that show, first of all, I think as a millennial, I don't know if you guys felt this way, like, I was choked up because this was like my high school, college, early 20s soundtrack, and she hasn't come out with new music, so it was just, it it was like a time capsule of those emotions, because every Rihanna song is so connected to an emotion for me, like, if not a specific memory, I'm like, oh my god, I, I remember how I felt At this time in my life and so to see her there having evolved and now she has a family and she's pregnant and it was like we watched her grow up i don't know there's so many levels of it that i just thought her being there um and doing it the way she did very straightforward and um beautifully i was like this is more than enough
0: i think what you described there she's never had a fuck to give but she still cares a lot and that's kind of the the attitude she's always embodied because you're right When I think of her, Run This Town was a song that we came out to in pregame in college. We Found Love in a Hopeless Place was a song that I would get drunk to later that Saturday night out in college. She was that effortless cool is what I think of when I think of Rihanna and the fact that she just decided, hey, I'm going to do what we've seen a lot of other famous artists do, P. Diddy, 50 Cent, and go off and build my empire elsewhere without having to worry about music and have a family at the same time and then to just parachute back in and kick us this little gift that as we read is making her a bunch of money right now too is all on par with the brand of Rihanna.
2: Mike uh, we listened to Disturbia to get us up for practice when it was like in the heyday of of the fall like there was like she really did in in a way that most pop stars do right like they're just like the background of our lives but this Super Bowl performance was like a reminder of her as a character uh excuse the term but like her evolving as a personality as well throughout this and the track list spoke like in a way that an album does and like Mm -hmm. from from you better have my money to where have you been all my life it was like a it was like a reminder that rihanna has been here our whole lives in in that way And, and it was from uh only girl to found love rude boy work wild thoughts poured up all the lights, run this town, umbrella diamonds. It was like it was like a narrative of the story she wanted to tell in that in that moment. And and at like at that time where she is pregnant again with child and everyone's like trying to get her to un Frank Ocean herself and just put out stuff and she's like, no, like I'm existing and this is my time.
0: Brandon, I had forgotten about Disturbia's role in our past life going through training camp in 09, because that song came out in 2008. and I always have trouble in my peanut brain now distinguishing because the beats are kind of similar between Disturbia and Um, She-Wolf.
3: Yeah.
0: So both of those were played in our section in the locker room. We called it the VIP club and we would only let certain people in there. We had the best music. We had the best fat guys. And one day after towards the end of training camp, when we're all really going through it, Our ops team had set up the actual VIP club inside our locker room because we put a full sheet over our section, had it on there. And so they set up tables. They had Gatorade coolers there, a bunch of music playing. And for like one night, let us turn it into a club. And Disturbia was prominently featured in that. So core memory of the 2008-2009 era Notre Dame training camp VIP club. Thank you for your service, Rihanna
1: i love that so much what a perfect what a perfect song to describe what you were going through Honestly, um, <laughs> oh, man.
0: For real.
1: i also think that um we found love in a hopeless place is like anyone who was in college in 2011 and and went to a bar that say had rebranded their basement to be called club viper because they installed like a few lights perhaps. And maybe that happened to be in Waterville, Maine. Um, that's not like, uh, yeah, there was a lot. Um, there's a lot attached to that. Um, but I, I just think her, I thought that the whole show was holistic. Like we, like you said, Brandon, it all, it started out with where she was. And, and one thing, the last thing I want to say about this is there was this, um, Rihanna interview in 2015. I mean, also you just remember how I—I I don't think I had fully remembered until this show how ubiquitous her music was. It was—it was everywhere, and it was yeah. the soundtrack to everything. And it was absolutely—it was so good too. Like what? Like the, she didn't have a single. I was like, she doesn't miss. How, like, so, in 2015, she gave this interview, um, the New York Times mag, I think it was, and Miranda July, who's a writer, filmmaker, uh, she spent some time with her. And it is one of my favorite celebrity, probably is my favorite celebrity profile of all time, because in it, um, Miranda July says to Rihanna, they meet, and she's like, they're talking, and, and she asks her, not about her love life, but about if... You know, how do you date if you're you? Um, And the interviewer Miranda says, um, it took me a long time to find a man who wasn't threatened by my power. And Rihanna responds and she goes, I think I'm still in that time. And mm. it was so interesting to me to first of all see a pop star who was larger than life who you'd be like, Oh, she could be with anyone, say something that I think, you know, to me at the time felt sort of relatable of like any woman who's like, Am I too much? Am I like, uh, you know, am I is my success threatening? Is and for her to say that it's sort of validating, and then to see that come full circle and she announces. You know, I know people have their own opinions of ASAP Rocky, but, you know, she announces her second pregnancy and they seem to He he was very proud of her as she performed and there was something um, really cool about that.
0: It was a wholesome moment watching him videotaping from the crowd just as a <laughs> dad and a significant other that was, speaks exactly to what you were talking about there. So beautiful full circle moment. I'm glad that Super Bowl halftime shows continue to target us as the millennial audience and cater to our needs <laughs> as people, which... Makes sense, uh, considering that we're now coming into purchasing power. Uh, speaking of the purchasing first, power. Oh.
1: The first Jack Harlow Super Bowl halftime show, I'm going to be like, oh, it's not us anymore.
2: Oh, I mean, oh, Brandon, Brandon might disagree no, on that one. Either. No, no, no. She's right. She's absolutely right. I, it would not be our generation. and be like, okay, yeah, he had a couple hits. <laughs>
0: oh Hating ass Brandon. Uh Speaking of uh, purchasing power, Charlotte, did you have any strong opinions on the Super Bowl advertisements? We had you on here as our Super Bowl advertising expert to bring us behind the scenes here. So what was the review from you, uh, from your fiancé, and from everyone in your circle of what we saw this weekend?
1: Um, I think there were a lot of misses and a few hits. Um, I loved the Dancing Animals one. Laughed really hard at that. Really love that. Um, what was that like at? John? It was a Jeep Wrangler, the electric oh, Wrangler, yes, and the animals yes, are just like yes. electric it boogie. Going? It was called. Um, actually, I wrote down the ones that I liked um, in case I was asked this very quick. Are oh, you about uh, to say John Ham? I like John Ham in the fridge.
2: You like John Ham in the
1: fridge? Oh
0: yeah, bit. John Ham and Brie Larson.
2: Ham and Brie.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I also was obsessed with Ben Affleck, directed by Ben Affleck. Like, are you kidding? That was made for me.
0: The presence of Boston in the Super Bowl ads really did help offset the lack of New England in the Super Bowl, I felt like.
1: Thank you so much. I agree, um, sort of. It also depressed me a little bit because I was like, I remember when this used to be ours. Um, I love Bradley Cooper and his mom. I liked Miles Teller and his wife. Um, and I was, about, yeah, sorry, I did. That was the that worst was commercial. Funny.
0: Oh no, what? I just I disagree strongly on that front there. I enjoy, it. first off, that wait song, that call waiting song actually is a banger that they talked about yeah. in that Bud Light commercial. So that alone, kind of like the halftime show, when you start with a foundation of bangers, you're usually going to be able yes. to build a pretty solid house.
1: Yes, and then this morning I was about to say, I, I was re-watching the dog commercial that everybody was like. Oh, the break, farmer's the dog. The farmer's dog. I re-watched it because I was like, let's let's remember what. And, I, and as I'm watching it, I was like, Ugh, I mean, it doesn't really do it for me. <laughs> and I started crying.
0: You just can't help it. The minute they do a flash forward and you see the touch of gray on the dog's face. I, I started am
1: crying. Oh, I, sta- I was goodness. like, I don't really get it. I don't know what everybody's so upset about.
0: No one in my oh, living room was man. making direct eye contact during that commercial. It was oh, all man. eyes forward towards the screen.
1: Emotional warfare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's I mean.
1: You guys How are silly. That? Oh, come oh, on.
0: Man. Oh, yeah, that one that one hurt really hard. Um, I was I was let down by the Spokes Candies reemergence. I felt like that was so transparent in what was happening at the time that I couldn't really get excited for it. It wasn't like when Taco Bell like made us sweat about the Mexican pizza or any of those <laughs> other brands threatened to take away staple <laughs> items only to re-release them later on for specialty. Like it didn't just hit like that.
1: That's the most Mike Golick Junior sentence anyone has ever said. It wasn't like when Taco Bell made us sweat about the Mexican pizza. <laughs> oh,
0: I I'm willing oh to get God. up at arms and wage war for that, but this one, I kind of I, kinda, I saw right you. through it. So listen, that's uh, that's where that's where it goes down. So it 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 was it was I think overall were, because of how many of these get released beforehand, it's tough to have the same impact that they did in the early 2000s and the early aughts when we were really in the heyday.
1: Yeah, what the heck? Don't put them on the internet. Let us well, see them.
2: That one and the um, the is it acting one? I just I don't understand why people like the ones that I hate, like the 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 hold one with the with the mouse teller one and his girlfriend, and then the is the acting. I was just like, I, I was very I was very upset. And then Crown Royal comes from the top ropes during Black History Month, claiming that Canada is really the the sole like. Natural resource of culture. I I, I'm, I was blown away. It is
0: interesting. I wonder if anyone bothered to fact check them. I was just like, oh, like you know, I don't <laughs> like it's a crown royal ad, so I don't care enough to find out if Canada actually invented football or any of the other things that they claimed in that commercial. Yeah, but Brian you know, no law for them.
1: I yeah. I don't can. I'm Canada confuses me, so I just sort of let that one. <laughs>
2: So, it's one of those one of those differences things. I'm like, let's act like if we don't talk about it, maybe we won't. It didn't exist in the first place.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I don't. Oh what did it? it it's like it's like us, but it's not. I don't know.
0: Charlotte Wilder, generally confused by Canada, much in the same way you can't be racist towards Italians, you also can't be overly judgmental against Canadians. Oh my no, I'm just gosh. like, what's going
3: on up there? Yeah, what are y'all what
0: doing? What
3: is it? What is it? Uh, i and I've, lived,
1: I've also lived like close to the Canadian border for the majority of my life, and I've never been. So I think <laughs> I think that's funny too. Okay, Canada's
0: just like Panama City Beach for people north of the Mason (laughs) Dixon.
2: Can I can I give y'all some some quick ones that I just Google Canadian inventions?
0: Sure.
1: Yes.
2: Telephone, eighteen (laughs) seventy four. Insulin, nineteen twenty two. Electric wheel electric wheelchair, nineteen fifty two, Wonder Brawl, nineteen sixty three. I mean, Catamaran, it just keeps going.
1: I see, but it's like what you can't.
2: <laughs> also, the catamaran
0: isn't that just the boat that rich people take yes. pictures of on vacation, like on a vacation? That's a boat a
1: with drone? two hulls.
0: Yeah. Hey. yeah, yes. I, sh- I should have known I was coming to the right expert <laughs> for catamaran information. <laughs>
2: Universal and there's standard a net time. Between
0: them. Yes, that's what I mean. It's just tailor made for Instagram pictures on rich vacations now. The guy who invented the catamaran was really just a one percenter with too much time on his hands. It's like, why have yeah, one exactly. hole when I can have it's two?
1: St- it's a stupid boat. It's a stupid boat. And then you're sailing, you go up, and one of the holes is out of the water, and you're like, this isn't safe. And you know what? It usually isn't.
2: Charlotte, it's I, stupid if, boat. If, if a catamaran was three stories and, and housed about 8,000 people, you'd be all over that thing. What? Talking about your love for large ships, Brandon.
0: Oh, faces yes. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. The problem with it, that it's not large yes. enough. Like if we if were it were just-
1: massive, I would be like, this is incredible. <laughs> I mean, I will say, though, like, you think Noah, when he built the Ark, was like, I'm going to make two of these and connect them together? No. It's, I mean,
0: it's it would have Im- made sense considering That's he would a doing Canadian two of everything invention. else.
1: Stupid oh, that boat. is true. That is, oh, <laughs> Cat- that is true.
0: The Catamaran official ruling. Stupid boat.
1: <laughs> Dumb boat.
0: Oh, uh, I don't like
1: it. Canada, anyway.
0: one, one day we'll figure you out, you weird little...
1: Hat. I'll go. I'll check it out. We'll figure it I out. I like
0: Canada. I had a great time in Montreal up there. Beautiful city. Everything stays open very late. Everyone's very beautiful and nice, but just a lot of signs in French, and that was trouble for me, so <laughs> what can you do? Um, are you guys, um, as we now, like... Like, we're clearly just sucking the last bit of nectar out of the Super Bowl to try and get every bit we can. Mm-hmm. What gets you guys excited now after the sports season? Like, Do you guys religiously follow the NFL offseason stuff, the combine, free agency? Is that what you look more forward to? Are you fully turning the page to like March Madness and the NBA postseason push like Charlotte? What is the thing that gets you most excited coming up next now that we're past this?
1: I go full basketball, baseball. Um, I like the NFL gossip element of it. Um, because the NFL offseason, any off season is just sports gossip, which I absolutely live for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I start, I mean, I always pay attention to the NBA, but I start really being like, okay, let's make this more of the viewing rotation. Um, yeah. March madness. Uh, and I do, I get into baseball, I get into baseball, um, also just sort of fascinated to see, you know, Apple has MLS, like that'll be on Saturdays. You know, it's sort of, there. there's a bunch of stuff coming up that we can, I don't know.
0: It's like when you step out into the daylight after being in a casino for a really long time. And all of a yes. sudden you notice things that weren't there when you went in at night. So it is exciting like that. Like, I learned yesterday that Alabama has the number one ranked men's basketball team in college basketball, which feels cruel and unfair that sh- they should be allowed to be what they are in football. And now, since Nate Oates showed up, be really good at basketball, too. So there's also, I feel like, been nine million different teams that have been number one in men's college basketball this year, which makes me really thankful for Don Staley on the other side, just <laughs> kicking the yeah. shit out of people so badly that Gino Auriemma comes out here and complains to the rest of the world and gets universally shouted down that brought me great joy
1: also lsu was number one women's for a second and then they lost by 23 points i mean like all this stuff's happening
2: hey allison felix got the universe, the track named after her at usc that happened a while back no I, thought, I thought that was amazing uh and, and a little fun tidbit but that's just an example of just how lost i am though well like, brandon
0: my- for for you your off season seems like it's a little bit easier right because we're waiting for Lamar Jackson to kind of figure out what's going to happen here in Baltimore. I, I Brandon, Ooh. I, on your behalf, would be so beside myself if Baltimore, who went out and hired Todd Munkin earlier this week, the former Georgia offensive coordinator, former offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers and the Browns, who is illegitimately legitimately great hire. Like that Georgia offense the last couple of years, especially this season, I think averaged over 500 yards on offense. He has got a proven track record of really good offense everywhere he goes, especially in the passing game. If Baltimore finally made that move only to franchise tag and then trade Lamar Jackson, I would understand if you didn't show up to work for a few days.
2: Listen, I like the hire. I like that he uses tight ends a bunch. I like that uh, they lean a lot on the pass, but I don't like the lack of just power eye running, the 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 lack of true, authentic fullback use. But yes, Mike, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm okay with it. I Honestly, I have no ties to Lamar Jackson outside of him being my, my quarterback and the person that brought a Heisman Trophy to the Louisville Cardinals, and I respect him for that, but I'm not getting emotionally wrapped up in Lamar Jackson. I can't do it anymore. The mean- season was too hard. No, I'm done. I I don't, I actually don't care whatever they do with Lamar Jackson, as long as they take care of everything else. uh, And I, and I trust the decision-making from the front office there. I'm just going to lean on that.
1: Wow.
2: Wow. Full disassociation from
3: a man. I can't
1: tell if that's, I can't tell if that's like extremely healthy or like if that's a, if that's a cry for help.
0: It's probably a little bit of both. Like I did this with Notre Dame football after a couple of the early losses this year where I was like, listen, we're going to be fine. Like I've got faith in everyone in this process, but I am not going to live and die with these games on the weekend anymore because it's just unhealthy for me. So, Brandon, I actually applaud you for doing this for yourself. That's very big of you.
2: Well, like – do you not agree that we should not blow up our entire franchise? All the money that's been sp- spent well making a good franchise. Like I look at the Kansas City Chiefs team, and I think the Baltimore Ravens could have competed with them uh, if they had the healthy characters in the lineup. So I don't want to blow up this team to give Lamar Jackson all the money in the world.
0: Well, I mean, the Chiefs are kind of an interesting team to bring up in comparison to that, right? Because you mentioned trusting the front office. And one of the things that can be said for Kansas City and for Brett Veach is the front office is the one that has to go to work once you pay a quarterback. And the Chiefs front office did a phenomenal job of finding rookies that could come in in their their positions and be really productive. I think I saw Dan Orlovsky say the other day, this was the third youngest team in the NFL, And so they're going to be good for a long time because they invested in the right quarterback. They paid him on time. They didn't wait and dilly-dally. Like I feel like where some teams like Baltimore and like Dallas have gotten in trouble is you wait too long to do the thing that you claim you've wanted to do. And so by the time you get there, everything else is a little bit out of whack. You've built the team in a certain way to reflect the quarterback that you've got in the middle of it. Now on the other side, if you're going to cut, bait, and run – For Baltimore, it becomes a really interesting question of without Lamar Jackson, what is this team in the immediacy when you've built so much of it on what his ability is?
2: Yes, but I still feel like that Lamar Jackson needs to take a Jalen Hurts style jump to be Mm -hmm. in the Patrick Mahomes category because, yes, you can spin the house and and get to work on uh, something if your talent is Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I understand Jack- Lamar Jackson is talented in that way, but there's a bunch of factors and variables around it that just don't add up to being able to trust and uh, finance Lamar Jackson the way Patrick Mahomes has been financed.
0: I I would say this, and Charlotte, I'd be curious for your perspective of this too, like I do feel like some of the Lamar Jackson conversation comes to what we've talked about with a lot of these quarterbacks like you mentioning a Jalen Hurts style jump Lamar Jackson did the thing that Jalen Hurts fell short of this year like he won the MVP and all we've talked about with Lamar Jackson is how at times he's done that without a true wide receiver on the outside like the Eagles drafted him the Heisman Trophy winner Jalen Hurts and then brought over AJ Brown and gave him a bag opposite him they put him in front of the best offensive line in football and they let them go to work for Baltimore yet they've built an incredible defense on the other side of Lamar Jackson there's no doubt on that and some of the stuff on offense is injury but like Lamar Jackson has had to overcome entire offensive lines getting hurt and being replaced. A lack of ever having a true number one threat at wide receiver. Like I just don't consider Hollywood Brown that. And Mark Andrews is great, but it doesn't work the field the same way for you as having a number one receiver. So I... I understand the comp to Jalen Hurts to an extent but it's like we've looked at Baltimore and said consistently there's been this one area in developing the passing game that they've fallen short they've finally gone and done it so it would seem borderline spiteful to then have Lamar Jackson not get to stick around and finally benefit from this thing that we've always wanted for him
1: Well I think that if I think if Baltimore can make it work why wouldn't you Like I I feel like it it, it will come down to Unless there's something that I don't know about, like what they need, or I I don't see how you could build such a complete team. You know, you take—it's so funny when people say, like, "quote, take a chance on Lamar Jackson" because he was clearly a transcendent talent, but he was drafted what thirty second? Like the Ravens just took him, um, barely in the first round. And I think to have made the progress they've made, yes, the defense is great. I think when they when the holes in the offense have become so clear, um, why wouldn't you fix that and try it with a guy that you got, that you made such a big deal of claiming to get? Like, I there's so few transcendent talents um, like a Lamar Jackson that, like, if you can't fit the system to him, then, like, what are you doing? Do you want to go out and just get someone, like, you want to get a Joe Flacco again? I mean, sure. I guess it worked, but, like, I think if you if you can fit the pieces with that kind of talent and maybe that comes down to development maybe that comes down to i don't know what's going on in their locker room i don't know what that leadership is like or what that vibe is which also matters so um i i think you could you can always make the argument for you know like well if you want to go find someone cheaper if you would but i i i don't see why you would like i i think you stick it out
0: yeah, it and it's. It, I get like I'm not saying it's not tough because right. all of those factors you just mentioned, Charlotte, are a lot to juggle. And then there's the strict finances of it. Like I right. want to see Lamar Jackson get paid. I understand him representing himself presents complications. Wanting you know whether you believe the reports about what he wants, approaching a full guarantee because of what Deshaun Watson has accomplished. I can understand from a player's perspective who's had to shoulder an outsized amount of the load in that offense and who has accomplished more than Deshaun Watson or Kyler Murray and these guys that have gone out and gotten deals comparable to the one that he wants. I also understand that the most valuable asset in the NFL right now, more often than not, is a rookie contract for a quarterback. Like The way that these quarterback salaries have ballooned on the back end compared to the mm-hmm. cost-controlled version you get in the draft – there's no doubt it allows you to do so much in terms of team building. So it, it feels like this is headed for a divorce, which is unfortunate, because I think if they had been more proactive with this and said, hey, we got a guy that's one of MVP and a guy that we believe in, let's go ahead and get him signed before all these other contracts start to add up on us, then you're not staring down the barrel of this uncomfortable uh, situation that you're in now. I think. I
1: also, though, sorry, go ahead, Brandon. No, no please. No, I, I, I was just going to say, I think that that, that really bums me out the math of it, the finances of it, the businesses, the business aspect, because if the average NFL career is already, what, two and a half years, three years, and you're taking a rookie quarterback and saying like, yeah, we're going to make this work. And then he becomes someone who is undoubtedly an unbelievable player, and then it's too expensive or it doesn't work or it's like, well then what's the point of getting someone? To, what are you going to do? Like rotate through rookies every year. Like there, there's something's got to, something's got to give, something's got to break. And I don't know. I've Baltimore, like just pay a ton of luxury tax. Like get over yourselves.
2: I, okay. Let me say this. <laughs> I know the NFL changes. I know it's. I mean, hell, we just we. The Baltimore Ravens are hiring a, a, a defensive coordinator. I mean, a coordinator, offense coordinator, from college. Obviously, you can talk about how pro ready that that defense is, or that offense is. Well, and, but, and also has an extensive NFL background as well. Of course, of course, but I think the front office is doing what they need to do by investing in Roquan Smith. That is a team that has an identity on the defensive side of the ball. That's where it leads from. That's why a Lamar Jackson was and a Joe Flacco was perfectly fine being in the back, hanging out in the wings. They're not Drew Brees rah rah and getting guys up. That's on the defensive side of the ball. I think Roquan Smith has proven in a, in the middle of a season just how important and uh, just a, a big a factor for all the rest of the guys on that on that defense, and and it could be that team in general. Right, and so I I don't think that it is smart to be uh, playing around with Lamar Jackson in this way, but I also don't think it's smart uh, smart here or there for Lamar Jackson to be um, representing himself in this situation. I think that's one of the reasons why we are at this point in time, and he may be someone who, because of this, is a franchise tagger all the way down until he's he's done in this in his career. And I would love to continue to have him as our quarterback, but we can't. Build our future right. on something so finicky and so uh, it, it's not it's not as simple as the money.
1: Hold on, I think I missed this. He doesn't have an agent.
0: No, so he's rep- he represents himself, and that's been he a huge sticking point. He and his mother and <laughs> their oh, camp. Oh, right,
1: right, 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 right. <laughs>
0: Have been like Smith though. Yeah, I can say he's not alone. There are other players that have done it. But Brandon, what you brought up, like there's a difference like off ball, like Roquan Smith. No doubt you talk to anyone around there. The impact that that guy had is legit an off-ball linebacker is not going to win you a Super Bowl in 2023. It's just not going to work that way. Like, if the Ravens win a Super Bowl and they move on from Lamar Jackson, it'll be because they went and got a free agent quarterback or went and drafted a quarterback who ends up being all of their hopes and dreams. Like, you're just not – like, a middle linebacker is not going to be the difference in the modern era because of how we've constructed the game that's going to get you to a Super Bowl. So, he's a – like, he is – Unreal for that defense, but the ceiling of that team being Super Bowl is going to be wholly dependent on what they do at quarterback. If it's not Lamar Jackson,
1: defense wins championships.
2: Thank you. Thank <laughs> I'm you Charlotte.
1: No, I think that was a. I mean, yeah, I, right. the Super Bowl this year. If 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 that wasn't an example of what you need of or of how you need to design a team, but also like who you need to have to design it around it. It, it's a, it's very much chicken and egg right now, but it's all offense. Um, yeah, and- well, I mean,
0: look at the Colts. Like they just hired the Eagles' offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen's going to be announced as the new head coach for the Indianapolis Colts after you know the firing of Frank Reich and the Jeff Saturday experiment. They're bringing in the guy, which, by the way, the Colts. The script writers are getting really lazy right now. The Indianapolis Colts going after the the Eagles offensive coordinator from a Super Bowl appearance, it's the Frank Wright because it's exactly what they did last time around. Have they learned nothing? But to Charlotte's point, this is about trying to find offense, and they were very frank about this in the press conference as they talked Mm -hmm. about um, – I saw Ian Rappaport tweet from the Colts-Shane Steichen press conference. Jim Ursay said they wanted to get an offensive coach, quote, knowing we're going to have to find a young quarterback to develop. Ursay, that Alabama Bryce Young guy doesn't look bad. Steichen, we're going to throw to score points and run to win. Like, This is about an offensive identity, and they have made clear what their expectations are there with that team. That's one that's got Darius Leonard and a bunch of great guys on the defensive side of the football, but knows the reason they failed this year is because they couldn't do the things on offense that they needed to do in arguably the most winnable division in football. Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLID. Only on the DK Horse app.
1: the fact that any any Jimmer say, quote, that the fact that he, I know he owns a team, but like that he's still allowed to give interviews is really um, remarkable. Money, money, is a, money is an incredible thing.
2: It's, it's something. He hired his best friend to finish out the year, uh, Jeff Saturday, and also told on the other guy, the Washington Commanders, like, hey, we got to get this guy up out of here. He's breaking all the rules. Yeah. It really is incredible. The Colts, by the way,
0: uh, the other thing as far as interest in this offseason, sitting at four in the draft. And with Jim Ursay him being as loose-lipped as he generally is, you wonder if that's a good thing going out and saying, "Oh, I mean, everyone probably knows they're going to take a quarterback in this draft. You can't keep recycling through old veterans. But them sitting at four, like the Bears sitting at the one spot right now. I know people are trying to do the Justin Field things. I don't think that's going to happen. The Texans sitting at number two, surely in the market for a quarterback. The Colts at four. I don't imagine the Seahawks at five are going to be in that market. And the Lions, I would hope, I would think makes the most sense to stick with golf for another year, even if you trade back and draft a young guy here. So, you know, you're not going to have a ton of competition for the marketplace up there and they're going to be one of those teams that's in it right now as far as looking ahead to the draft and the other part of this offseason that to me is probably the most fascinating outside of the live sports is now that we get ready to get into mock draft season. I am always so excited when those start leaking out here because there's smoke screens, there's Mm -hmm. all this back channel stuff, you never know who's putting what information out for what reason. Mel Kuyper is toying with the emotions of fan bases on a weekly basis. It's electric.
1: It's also just so the heart of fandom. Like it's a it's a clean slate, no one's lost yet. And it's it's only hope. Like last year I went to the draft and I interviewed a bunch of Lions fans and they were like they still went like Lions fans. They went to the draft and they were like we we it's like a renewal. It's a it's like they're, you know, washed clean and then they show up again and they're like tear me apart and they know it's going to happen, but they let themselves for that. The, the draft is like the only purely hopeful time um, until it happens. And then everyone's like, Oh wait, sorry. Our team made a terrible decision and we're screwed again. But like right up until the draft, there's like real hope for every fan base.
2: I feel like the NFL through the Detroit lions fan base a bone by gifting Aiden Hutchinson with that rookie of the year. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: He is. Uh, I hung out with him this year when he came back from Michigan game, and he and his family are just like absolutely. They were so delightful. He's they were been, so. They were. Yeah.
0: He's one of the guys I saw finally on Radio Row in person. That's a big kid. Uh not just well, also, white high motor guy. <laughs> actual gigantic unit kid.
1: Did Did I tell you guys this? I can't remember if I said this when I was interviewing. I interviewed him and Chase Winovich at the same time. And I'm like a tall <laughs> person. I'm pro- I'm close to five nine, and I was just like staring straight up the entire time. I was like, these are two massive people, and I also caught a real stray because <coughs> Aiden was like, you know, I said, well, what do you, what have you found is the biggest difference between college and the NFL? And he was like, you know, actually, the teammates and and the level of wisdom you can get from older guys he was like i mean you know their guys on my team were like 31 and have three kids and i was like okay well oh. i'm gonna go walk slowly wow. into whatever lake is closest to ann arbor wow. um oh. but it was pretty funny it, it, i was like oh god you did just graduate you forget they're they're so like you know all these players are so poised and huge and in the nfl and then you're like oh my god you're 22
0: oh baby Charlotte, I saw a couple of draft eligible players who I won't name because I never know who everyone wants to know their whereabouts, but I saw a couple of draft eligible players at Waste Management this past weekend in Arizona and had the same revelation is, oh, man, these guys are physically at the prime of their lives. They're all in the process of training for the combine and pro day and stuff like that. And they look like children standing next to my old ass. And I, 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 you feel it talking to him. It's so weird. And I know the minute it happens to me, what happens to my dad, which is everywhere he goes, like he's got the worst version of it where NFL veterans are calling him Mr. Golick. Like, J.J. Watt came up to my dad. I was down with him on the sideline of the Cardinals and Bucks game in Arizona. And J.J. Watt comes over on the verge of announcing his retirement, ready to kind of find his way out of the league and get prepped for his Hall of Fame jacket and says, oh, hey, Mr. Golik, great to see you. Like, that moment when it finally comes for all of us is going to be so deeply humbling.
1: <laughs> yeah. I. Oh, God.
0: I, I hate it. I hate it. So Nothing makes you feel older
1: than sports.
0: Yes. Way older than sports should. It's terrifying stuff. So we have uh, a lot of exciting time to talk about all this in the offseason, but congratulations to the Ravens on a phenomenal hire. Like you look at how complete that coaching staff is now. Once the defense came together down the stretch, the fact that you're going to have an offense that can push the ball downfield now is incredible. Uh, Shane Steichen. We'll see if it can work out again. If going to the well once on a former Philly OC doesn't work, Why not go back there twice uh, and try and work it out? But again, it's all going to come down to what the hell they do at quarterback and, quite frankly, offensive line for them. But story for another day here. Um, Story for right now, guys, is finishing this thing off with the most important question of the day. Brandon, uh, are you ready to tell us what time it is?
2: (sighs) Why not?
1: I'm ready to hear. (gasps) Wow. Why not?
2: A little, little, little dream action I'm going to tell you guys Before I start singing Today's my birthday It is? Now here you go Again you say You want your freedom Well who am I
3: To keep you down It's so late. Should play the way you feel it, but listen carefully to the sound of your loneliness and the heartbeat drives you mad. (laughs) Remembering what you had (laughs) and what you lost (laughs) and what you had. And what you lost Oh, this, that, in the third wave Cause it's raining
2: Shut it, Stevie
3: Players only love you when they're playing but Women, they will come and they will go When this, that, in the third, you will know. You will know.
0: Oh, man. A very happy birthday to Brandon Newman. Indeed. I didn't know
1: that. Are you kidding me? Oh, you yeah. You guys let me talk this whole podcast at that time it was Brandon's birthday?
0: figure we go for the dramatic reveal at the end. Jazz hands. Yeah. Oh my
1: god! Happy birthday! Thank you. I wish
2: thank you me. only.
1: I wish you only the absolute best. I hope this is the best year yet. I'm. I'm so. I'm so grateful that you're. You're in our lives.
2: Thank you, Charlotte. I appreciate it. Turning 33 this year, and uh, a goal of mine I've talked about on this podcast: do stand up 33 times at least this year in, the, in my next calendar year. I got a nice. show tonight. In Sarasota at McCurdy's. And I, I got a, a show again tomorrow night. Two, five minutes. Hope some type fives. But I figured you would appreciate that, Charlotte. So I wanted to... The, oh, my God. I love that, that here, so
1: yeah. much. Yes.
2: I'll share my set I'm... with you. I'll, I'll, I'll take our video and then share it in our group chat.
1: Please, please, please. I, yes. I would love that. I would love that so much. I constantly have a set I'm working on in my head that I've never performed. So maybe maybe you'll give me the courage. I yeah. woke up in the other morning or as i was falling asleep i was like this is the this is the intro to my set and i woke up and i couldn't remember it and i spent all day trying oh. to remember it and then i remembered it and i was like it's not that funny
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh i've i've efforted for so long into what oh, end man. yeah oh anyway, man i'm proud well, of you Happy birthday, Brandon. We appreciate you, buddy. Uh, We are excited to hear that stand-up set. And if you're in Sarasota and you're around McCurdy's in the next couple of days, go check out your boy, B-New. See what he's got there. He's cooked this up for you. It's taken him 33 years to get to this point to handcraft this for you, and now he's excited to deliver it to you (laughs) like a newborn baby of jokes.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) All right. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. Go Joe wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. And wish Brandon a happy birthday uh at gojo show on twitter uh i can never keep track of brandon's twitter handle because he changes it all the time so you're welcome you're just gonna have to search for it and try the best you can to find out um
1: yeah look at look at mike or at me and then see like who's replied or (laughs) we've retweeted recently yeah you gotta tag
0: it's Yeah. yeah It's a trail of breadcrumbs that leads you back to Brandon's Twitter account where you can wish him happy birthday. Uh, Let's get to this. Uh, As we were sitting here and recording this, uh, more NFL news broke. The Philadelphia Eagles just getting gutted for parts after this Super Bowl win. As the Arizona Cardinals announced, they're going to hire the Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as their head coach. Wow. Wow. This was reported before the Super Bowl, so it's not a total surprise here, but Certainly, a Cardinals fan feeling a lot less good about this coming off a Super Bowl where they gave up 38 points, albeit to Patrick Mahomes, which who among us hasn't gotten got by Mahomes. But um, I don't know. Initial impressions of this guy's, I mean, like most NFL coaching hires, maybe it'll work. But he's also, you know.
1: It's also just like another white guy who recently lost. So that's... (laughs) fun for the league
0: (laughs) yeah
3: listen that's
1: but you know
0: i gotta say Damico ryan's is out here like atlas carrying the
2: weight of the world on his shoulders yeah yeah okay i'll say this he seems to be a traditional like football mind guy obviously he went to university of louisville so i'm a little bit partial to him and saint ignatius grad also cleveland ohio shout out but I feel like this is a front to Kyler Murray, and I'm interested in seeing where it goes because I, I think trying to acquiesce to Kyler Murray at this point in time is a mistake. And like with the Ravens and Roquan Smith, you got to choose what what horse you're going to attach your wagon to. And I I like the concept of new head coach that's defensive minded, like the Jets uh, did when they uh, hired um, Robert uh, Sala. I, I think this that this could work for the Cardinals.
0: So, he began in his NFL stint in 2007 with the Falcons as a defensive quality control coach. He spent time in that role with the Titans and then was an assistant D backs coach for the Vikings and for the Colts from 2018 to 2020 before coming over to Philadelphia. So, NFL experience going back to 2007. Um, to Brandon's point, that defense does have a lot of fun pieces. Like Vance Joseph, who was the defensive coordinator there, I always thought made use of a lot of the interesting tweener players that they had in different spots of that defense there. Isaiah Simmons, their former pick uh, out of Clemson, who was that sort of hybrid linebacker safety. I'm blanking on the guy's name right now, but the linebacker they picked up out of Tulsa, who was an absolute monster of a man. Zach something? um, Sure. That's that. Sounds like it could be that, but okay, you know, sorry, you would you know you would let Chan. But for them, you know that franchise has also changed a little bit over on defense. JJ Watt retiring, you would let Chandler Jones walk the year before. But defensive backfields got some studs in it. I'm excited to see what he does with that group because Philadelphia. One of the criticisms was wasn't an extensive play call sheet wasn't a guy that did a ton, especially as we saw in the Super Bowl, to ever really shore up the run game here. It seemed like at times it was a little bit too obvious how they were lining up and personnel they were in, what the results might be or what you could expect as an offense. But you had such good players at so many positions, especially up front on the defensive line, which give them some credit for helping get matchups that allowed those guys to go succeed. But I think there's some people that have questions about Like a lot of the other things, when you've got a successful team, how much of that do we attribute to any one part of this, especially when we're all inclined to give the players the most amount of credit, but did get the most out of a guy like Hassan Reddick who came over as a free agent who really hadn't had success like that elsewhere. And so maybe if you're hoping to unlock the ability of some of these players, Jonathan Gannon at least represents a little bit of hope with that. Obviously, who he hires as the offensive coordinator and what that gels like with Kyler Murray is going to be the most important thing that he does.
1: I think this is one of those hires where you're going to find out what this guy is about and what his philosophy is a little bit more than we got to see with the Eagles because of, as you said, those great players. It sort of takes away one of the... Uh, one of the screens in front of him to give him a new group of players and see if he can, um, you know, and he also is in charge of the offense. So it's like, okay, well, how do you, how is he going to make that work? And clearly someone who is totally offensive minded and you could argue didn't um, hold Kyler Murray accountable maybe in ways that people wanted him to, that didn't work. So let's try, let's try something completely different.
2: Well, to to bring it back to that pick that Mike talked about from Tulsa, Zavin Collins, but he he hasn't been really good, Mike. And there's been a lot of questionable picks from the Cardinals, especially in in the first couple rounds. And that's why I think maybe this can start to to turn the tide a little bit because they haven't really been hitting it out the park with these draft picks. I know Kyler was a big splash pick when it happened, and it was – you know, they've, they've been relevant and fun, but they haven't been a real playoff contender.
0: Well, I think part of the issue for them has always been, hey, they faded late in the season. Kyler Murray, obviously, investing him long-term as your quarterback and some of the friction that clearly existed between him and Cliff and others. I think at the very least, if you're a Cardinals fan, you can be excited about the thought process going in on this one. Whereas last time around, Cliff Kingsbury fired by Texas Tech for not achieving enough and then hired by the Cardinals expected to do differently when handed mm-hmm. the reins, at the very least with Jonathan Gannon, you've got a guy who came over and when he was inserted two years ago, immediately created, turned this defense back into a force this season, 70 sacks in the regular season. There was success there. So this is a man coming from a successful program who's watched in the last couple of years how Philadelphia and company have done that. Now that requires buy-in from the front office, clearly the quarterback like they had in Jalen Hurts, but at least thought process-wise here – You're taking someone who was a part of why this team was so good and was a Super Bowl contender and a team that appeared in the Super Bowl this last season, which already feels better than the last time around. So take that one for what it's worth, Cardinals fans, and then wait and find out who the OC hire is and if Kyler Murray comes back this next season with a vengeance or not because that will really decide your fate. Um, The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Let's get to that, guys. Uh, This one, very selfish for the Notre Dame fans on the podcast, unfortunately, but uh, as Notre Dame continues its offensive coordinator search, Utah offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig, who was photographed on campus, I saw at a hockey game when he was out there, announced that he was staying at Utah amidst interest from Notre Dame. Uh, he interviewed for that spot over the weekend. Uh, sources told Pete Thamel at ESPN Monday night. Sources said that Ludwig's buyout of at least $2 million, the exact number depending on how the buyout impact is interpreted, uh, proved an obstacle in discussions with Notre, Dame's. Notre Dame. Brandon, I- I'll say this. I would really like this OC search to get a lot quieter for Notre Dame. Andy Ludwig Oof. was one of the names I was texting people about, asking you know, what the possibility might be just because – X's and O's wise, he is experienced. He runs a very similar offense to what Notre Dame wants to make use of. O-line based, great tight ends like we saw last year with Dalton Kincaid and company for a team that was an absolute buzzsaw heading all the way through to another appearance in a Pac-12 championship. And if money really was the issue... This is the spot where people are going to start to look and read and wonder in this new world of college football, which side of this is Notre Dame going to fall on? Are you going to be a team that lives up to the brand of what you've been in football and decides you're going to do whatever it takes? Or are you going to try and do it the way that you've always done it, which is a slightly different way than most of the powers in the sport? Either way, I would like this process to get a little bit quieter because I don't want people reading into this about what it means for Marcus or the state of the program. Like, discretion might be the better part of valor from here on out if you can control it. And the next time somebody's on campus, I'd like it to be the guy that they're hiring right now so we don't have to deal with these headlines being in because Notre Dame's in a tough spot right now. There's no question about
2: it. I just feel, I just hate the concept that's out there that. Notre Dame's pockets are shallow for assistant coaches or, and, or to to make this team be exactly what it needs to be to continue to be in that Final Four conversation and as the playoffs continue to ex- extend, obviously we're going to have the players uh, because it's just the name and the university recruits itself in that way. But these coaches are important, especially now with the loss of Harry Heastan and all the other things that Tommy Reese, like we, this is important and it needs to be uh, important financially for the university.
0: Yeah, this is a, a gut check because you're right. Losing Harry Heestand foundational element to the success in the last decade for Notre Dame football. Who you bring in at OC, what the plan looks like at O-line to help deliver with the continuity that you built last year. Having success, ending up with nine wins in year one for a new coach. This is one of the most important off-seasons around Notre Dame in quite some time now because you believe you've got the guy at head coach now we've got to see, all right, what are you willing to do to support him now that you have installed him since these were some of the criticisms of Brian Kelly when he was at Notre Dame and part of the reason why many think that he left and went down to LSU.
1: I also think that I love that. Discretion is the better part of valor. Um, never heard that before. Uh, Going to start using it. I I think that um, – it doesn't behoove anybody to make this public and i think that there's already so much speculation about college hires and coaches i mean people track private planes like they it's it's already being done so like why do it for people like i think that if you if you keep things little bit more under wraps you are going to have a little bit more time to make choices also um and i think that that can be very helpful in these processes where you haven't um the court of public opinion is so much louder than people will admit that it is and so it's like you know keep keep people's opinions out of it until you truly have to because then you just end up looking you run the risk of giving yourself more opportunities to look a little foolish.
0: Yeah, it's difficult. They're late in the hiring cycle, right? Because of the news and because of the timing with Tommy Weiss, they're in a very tough spot. I do not begrudge that. This just ends up becoming like missing your first few dunks in the NBA All-Star Dunk Contest. Like what you still yes. do in the end can be impressive, but if people have seen you miss very publicly too many times, it's going to get a different connotation to it. You're going to get people wondering, do people not want this job? Does Notre Dame not want to spend on assistance where we don't know if that's the case. We don't know what these conversations have been like. I trust Marcus Freeman. I trust Jack Swarbrick, their athletic director to do right by Notre Dame because they have it so many under other junctures along the way, but The timing of this and it being as public as it has been invites in doubts in a place where I don't want to see it right now because there is so much positive momentum coming off last year. So hopefully this is all gets quiet for a while cooler heads prevail there's gonna end up there's plenty of good names still associated with this job out there there's a lot to offer for somebody at this job and i think this is all going to end up good i would just not like to hear about it again for a while until that point <laughs> hey. personally as a fan who wakes up and when they see notre dame trending just enjoy ignores the mentions there because i dealt with way too much of that this fall
2: i mean let me say this uh pete limbo who was my head coach at Ball State, special teams coordinator at South Carolina? Now used to say this about bulletin board material, and this is the same thing when it comes to the coaching hi- hi- uh, cycle. Loose lips sink ships. Okay, think about that with the, the Greyjoys and the, the the Silverhead dreaded people from the the House of Dragon Thrones. Loose lips. <laughs> some, some, sink ships. Something, to, something to consider. Sprinkle that in. Or
1: you know World War Two, where the saying originated. Um, or all sorts of examples, maybe.
0: plenty of historical examples, both historical fiction and actual <laughs> fiction for everyone to pluck from here. Uh, guys, let's get to the modern era and get to the third. We got it. Ted Lasso, season Woo! three premiere date officially oh, announced, guys. Um, how are we feeling about this? March 15th announced as the date where Ted Lasso is going to return for, as they said in the tweet, its new season and not its final season, which has invited a bunch of people wondering and supposing about what might happen here.
1: I have an embarrassing thing to admit that I have Uh, not not... finished Ted Lasso.
2: Now, when you say finished, when did you start? What did you start?
1: I watched most of the first season and okay. I can't remember why I stopped or where I stopped or what happened, but something happened and I, what? it's like when you have so much laundry to fold that you just don't fold it <laughs> and it becomes a huge pile and you can't face it and you just shove it into your closet. Like, I just need that's, to do it.
2: That's Mike with the wire. So you're not. Yeah. But I'm
1: thrilled yeah. for everybody involved.
2: I will
0: say the wire s- only slightly more daunting considering it's what five or six seasons of hour-long episodes slightly different.
2: Okay,
1: I can I do this. this. I can do.
2: It, it is very exciting that they're saying new season when at the end of last season they said final season that was going to it was going to be coming up uh Ted Lasso, a show that is all about just joy and positivity and satire and sarcasm and laughs and, and uh, turning real situations uh, as lightly as possible. Finally has a villain. And well, Oh, what? and
0: uh, well, I was going to say like last season, not as much about the smiley stuff. Like this has clearly become a show about therapy and doing the work through season two.
2: Yes, but I think that's a part of it. It's like you do the work to get to to make the the laughs and the joy more genuine. I think that's a part of the the process. But now, actually having a a nemesis for Ted Lasso, there's going to be some teeth to this show.
0: There is. Absolutely. I don't want to spoil too much because Charlotte now has not seen all this. But what I will say is I do hope this is the final season. I think it was always billed as a three-season arc. And the idea of pushing it more, like, we talked about this when we had the conversation about AI-generated TV shows. <laughs> Endings are important. Things being over matters. Like, I don't want something oh. that exists in perpetuity.
1: By the way, that, sh- that ended the show about nothing. Do you want to know why? Oh,
2: what? Yeah,
1: Because what? it. There was a glitch in the AI, and in one of the standups they that they had Jerry do, he went on a racist, transphobic rant, so they shut it down.
2: L- look at God, what he doing?
1: That <laughs> cannot believe. I can, you can't yep. believe
2: it, but you can also cannot believe it.
1: You couldn't. You couldn't <sighs> write. The show that was never supposed to end, you could not write a better ending for it in oh, 2023. No,
2: nope. Because I think that's what Larry David was running into that himself. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like the only I thing he had left was a, was a racist rant. <laughs> I know I know, Kramer ran
0: into that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. man. The undertones. Hey, I, I, can I say this too? Because you saw those images that popped up of like the Roman Empire if it never fell, like what it would look like right yeah. now. Do you see those? No. Like the uh-huh. a, AI generated... All the AI. It was. It was during the the the, the slew that, of AI images. That couple okay, weeks yeah. where we were
0: all like AI image paying for our beautiful selves to post. on Oh yeah, where they were
1: turning me into like anime porn on the <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, precisely. So there's a, there's a picture of like what the Roman Empire would look like if it never fell, and it's said AI draws N- X Y Z. There was a retweet that I I can't get out of my head, and I'll just bleep this in the in the podcast, but it said. Alan Iverson been drawing his ass off.
1: Stop it. Stop it. Oh. AI. Oh. AI. Oh. Oh my
0: I love the thought of a whole faction of people oh that God. just think Alan Iverson decided that graphic design was his oh passion. My
1: God.
2: Just getting after it on his iPad.
1: Been drawing his ass off.
0: AI's AI just in the lab <laughs> cooking. He's at home bought oh. the pen for his tablet and he's just
1: I have nothing else I could say. That's it.
2: I... Oh man. Won't he do it? Won't he do it, Alan I
0: if someone hasn't already, please, if there if there is a God or whichever God is out there that listens to this podcast <sighs> realis- religiously. AI Iverson. We need it.
2: Ooh. A. Ooh. Iverson.
0: I don't even have more of the idea. We don't even know what
1: it is, but make no. it happen.
0: Yeah. yeah. Plug it get into an algorithm and have it get exist to in work. perpetuity. Get to work. Um, <laughs> wow. We appreciate everyone who made it all the way to the concept of AI Iverson on this podcast. If you did, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. And a review. Check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel as well under the Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. playlist, uh, and check out and wish Brandon a happy birthday on his mysterious Twitter account at the Wilder Things on Twitter. Much easier to remember. Super easy to follow. Everybody, thanks so much. Happy birthday, Brandon! We'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Happy birthday!
2: Thanks, guys. Happy, happy
0: Wednesday. Birthday to you. Happy birthday. Oh my God. Money in the bank.